0: Welcome to the program. I'm Jeff Scheckman. When we say almost without much thought today that we live in an era of 24-7 news and information, we don't often think about the attribution of that state of affairs. No, it wasn't Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook or Jack Dorsey and Twitter. In fact, it wasn't the Internet at all. It was Ted Turner, a guy who in the 1970s was hustling billboards and promoting a UHF TV station in Atlanta, who ultimately went ahead with the crazy idea of launching a 24-7 global news channel in the form of CNN. And as they say, it changed everything. What he created not only impacted television and network news and gave rise to the likes of MSNBC and Fox, but it changed the entire landscape of the delivery of news. It changed everything from the small town newspaper to the New York Times and the Washington Post. It was one of those seminal moments, a hinge point in the history of television and of news and of media. As we know it. We're going to talk about this with my guest Lisa Napoli. She began her career as an unpaid intern at CNN in the summer of 1981. And as a journalist, she's worked at the New York Times, Marketplace, MSNBC, and KCRW. She's the author of two previous books, including Radio Shangri-La and Ray and Joan. And it is my pleasure to welcome Lisa Napoli back to this program to talk about her newest work, Up All Night, Ted Turner, CNN, and the birth of 24-hour news. Lisa, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Oh my god, thank you for having me and what a fabulous in- introduction. That's that's exactly it. You just <laughs> summed it all up right there. Well, right that,
0: there. Thank you. As you did the research on this, as you really dug into it, how you saw this event, this, the launch of CNN in the pantheon of big television events, whether it was the Army-McCarthy hearings, the Kennedy-Nixon debate. There were these television events that, that some of us that have been around a while remember. The launch of CNN was one of those events. Talk about that.
1: Well, that's why I wanted to write this book, because I wanted to look where I I was I, I made myself look as a result of my interest in the origins of CNN at stepping back further and further and further to make it all make sense, to contextualize it. So I start the book by looking at the very first television live shot. Ever uh, a news live shot. There had been some sports live shots uh, in in the late 40s uh, as television revved up again after World War II. Of course, TV started before World War II, but it paused during the war and then it came back in big force after the war and at that point nobody had really defined television news and even though I've been a journalist all my life and I've been privileged to work at the cusp of all of the much of the seminal media of the late 20th century most notably the internet and even though as you pointed out I started as a dopey kid at CNN in the early days I'd never stopped to think about all the things that had happened before that so that was one of the reasons I wanted to write this book I thought with CNN's 40th anniversary coming up, Um, it's this year, 1980, is uh, 40 years ago now, which is hard to imagine. I thought it was really important to look at how we got to that stage. And it was a march of technology, as you say. I mean, I I knew as a, a young journalist that the 1960 presidential campaign was a seminal one in, in television's adoption and influence on our political cycle. But I'd never, you know, I knew that. That was about it. And I knew that when President Kennedy was murdered, that that was a seminal moment, um, even though I was just a, a baby at that point. But I I knew that that had been important, but I didn't really ever look at why or how it worked in the bigger picture. So this book forced me to do that, and it was fun to research.
0: And in thinking about the idea of 24-7 news, it's important to remember that some of the early network news programs were originally 15 minutes in in length,
1: and that was it. Well, that's the other thing, too. I knew, of course, about Murrow and the coverage on radio of the war, but I didn't know, you know, and I I knew that he transferred after that over to television, but I didn't know that radio people didn't want to transfer to television, and I didn't know just how much television in its early days struggled with doing news. Of course, when you start to think about it, it makes complete sense. There it was film. Film was hard to shoot and process. And getting stories, creating stories out in the field and moving them to air was a whole different ball game, so to speak, than it became as technology enabled that. So yes, 15-minute newscasts were the norm in part because and this is really funny for us to think about today, people in the beginning of television in any medium believed that really news was better left covered by the newspapers. Radio too, but newspapers were seen as necessary to give the context that um, a citizen needed to understand a news story, whatever that news story was. So people really in television weren't sure. It was seen as an entertainment medium purely at the start. Uh, and that's, uh, like I say, it, it's just so extraordinary to imagine
0: Every company, and we see this in in Silicon Valley today, but certainly it was just as true of of Turner and CNN, has its origin myth, and then it has the reality of how it started. (laughs) Talk about that disconnect with respect to CNN.
1: Well, I thought it was important. Uh, This book is unauthorized by CNN. I didn't have any help from the current corporation. This is all about the history. And I've also sadly found that many contemporary companies don't understand their history except perhaps even from a myth perspective. But even when I've called HBO in the process of writing this book, I was shocked that their corporate communications people didn't know important pieces of it, the company's early history. But to your question, um, I think for a lot of people, it's so hard, no matter what your age, to remember that there was a time before 24 four seven everything that it's really hard to imagine that CNN once was and you know not a politicized animal as it's become it was uh, they call they used to say the news was the star if if people remember early CNN it wasn't sexy or glitzy you know the people on it were TV TV-ready, camera-ready, but they weren't glamour pusses. They weren't media celebrities. You may not even have known the name of the early CNN anchors if you even got CNN. It was really just sort of a video wire service. And I think that now, you know, when you go back and look at CNN's history, you get all this glitzy uh recollection of the stud, the Scud stud and uh, the the Gulf War. But what I look at is precursor to all of that, um, you know, before it became a a known commodity. Uh, And it was much more plain Jane at that point.
0: And yet Turner understood the celebrity value. I mean, he did try to recruit Walter Cronkite and Dan Rather early on and wound up with Daniel Shaw instead.
1: Right. Well, he, they, he knew that they needed a star, um, but he didn't even really know the cast of characters in, in contemporary television at the time. And that's why I find this so funny, too. Ted Turner, you know, again, in this politicized environment that we're in today, if people even remember Ted Turner, they think of him as a, quote unquote, liberal. Ted Turner was a very conservative person. Uh, this story is not about the time of his life when he was involved with Jane Fonda and giving to the UN. When he was—he uh, was a conservative. Of that era, which of course is, you know, this is a whole other conversation, but conservatives and Democrats at that point, um, liberals and Democrats, were, I mean, liberals and conservatives were much different animal than they are today. But, but Ted didn't, Ted did see that there needed to be some glamour. And his first president, Rhys Schoenfeld, understood that it was important to balance Ted's public persona. A lot of people knew of Ted at that stage by 1979, 1980. As a crazy man, he was a crazy man. He was a wild yachtsman. Um, he, you know, he brought the America's Cup to the populace. Uh, it was much more of an elitist sport until he was, he was in the game, so to speak. Uh, baseball, same thing, um, it was not an elitist sport, but he he embraced it fully when he bought the Atlanta Braves purely to put it on his television station. That was the precursor to CNN, and had this wild reputation. So. Reese Schoenfeld understood that if you were gonna launch a news channel, that you needed somebody serious, a marquee star. And uh, Dan Shore happened to be available. It was in the time before he went to NPR and became the big celebrity he became there at his later career, and he'd left or been kicked out of CBS. So he was in that in-between stage, and Reese Schoenfeld snapped him up, and it's not even clear that. Ted Turner knew who the heck he was um, because Ted Turner just studiously avoided listening and to and watching the news. That's how much he just didn't care.
0: One of the unique characters in this beyond Ted Turner, who, you know, is, is an amazing character in his own right, is Reese Schoenfeld, who you were talking about, who seemed to be the first one or one of the first to really understand the connection between news and entertainment.
1: Yes, yes. He he had been trying for years before he hooked up with Ted. Uh, And of course, a lot of this has to do with the availability of the technology. It's a perfect moment in time story, like the one I talked to you about last time with with McDonald's and the implosion or explosion of fast food. But basically, Rhys Schoenfeld for years had been trying to combat the networks, um, which had this stranglehold over television news, Mm -hmm. even though, as you pointed out, it was only, you know, 15 minutes for many years. And he wanted to find a new way to give, to get news news out there, visual news, broadcast news, but the, the technology just didn't exist. The platform didn't exist. And so he he understood not so much even the celebrity part of it. What he was dazzled by was that the three networks dominated what we as consumers saw, but also that they uh, relegated it to something. It was it was a packaged material when you got it. By the time you sat down at for the news at night. You saw what they mediated for you. And he was dazzled by the idea that we're all, unfortunately or fortunately, wrapped by today, which is this unfolding story. He didn't want you to have to wait to see it packaged. He wanted you, he wanted the story to unfold before your very eyes like a sporting event because he understood that that would keep you watching and that the making of the sausage as journalists kind of disparage news sometimes, the making of news sometimes, was as interesting as the final product itself. And so that was, that was a really keen understanding um, and one that, of course, was base to the traditionalists, uh, including Daniel Shore, who didn't really quite understand what either of them were up up for or, or going for when he joined on. He just needed the job and they were
0: paying well. It's interesting you talk about seeing the making of the sausage and, and this idea that Reese Schoenfeld had. This is also the guy that started the Food Network, so the, well, there there right. is a certain <laughs> parallel there.
1: He he literally did that next or later on. Yeah, he was a visionary. And that's another reason I thought it was important to write this book, because, yes, Ted Turner was a visionary in so many ways. But there was an army of people, chief among them, Reese, you know, and it's like like the McDonald's story. If the McDonald's brothers hadn't run into Ray, somebody else would have done it. Somebody else was going to do 24 hour news. There were a number of people who were trying. And these guys at this moment in time made it happen and it wasn't it it was gonna happen it was just that they got to do it first
0: when a company comes along oftentimes it's it's one event or one hit program or a hit movie or or a hit app or whatever that really makes or breaks the company with cnn early on it was was the assassination attempt on reagan that really made a big difference in cnn talk about that
1: well, it may, when, when President Reagan was shot in early 1981, CNN was barely a year old, wasn't even a year old yet. And it was still only in, I, I'd have to look it up, I can't remember off the top of my head, it started with fewer than two million subscribers. Cable was still not dominant in the homes, but even, even a year in, it wasn't anywhere. Uh, the penetration, the cable penetration was nothing great. But what was important about the shooting of President Reagan for CNN, was that the people in DC, the DC press corps, which was, you know, all important then in a different way than it is now, uh, because it wasn't as large, obviously, um, they basically all took note of what CNN was doing. And that helped give CNN legitimacy that it did not have at that stage. They called it chicken noodle news, disparagingly, obviously, as you would suggest by the title and they they just didn't think it really could keep up that there that there was any way that they could play in the same pool so to speak or as as they were so having having this measured and deliberate reaction that bernard shaw who is someone people may be familiar with who is a, a star anchor at, at cnn um his measured deliberate uh Reaction to this terrible event. He understood the gravity of it. um, And they all rushed to air with the news, which was something that wouldn't have, well, in that case, would have probably happened. Uh, But they stayed with it at CNN, and that helped set the stage. But no, it wasn't like, you know, a company that comes out with the hula hoop and everybody goes wild and the company gets rich. This was a slow, gradual march, in part because its introduction, CNN's introduction paralleled the slow, gradual march of the cable systems Uh, as they were coming in. You know, initially cable was just a utility. And then uh, Ted Turner was among the very first people who understood that it could be more than that. And as cable became adopted by so many different homes in the country, that allowed CNN basically to do uh, what they call, I guess in the internet, a soft launch. Um, Not many people saw it to start with and they kept playing and practicing as news evolved. The Shuttle Challenger, um, Baby Jessica, the little girl in the well in Midland, Texas, and then ultimately the Gulf War. So some people do see that um, the late 80s, early 90s is when CNN became big, but it had been playing around for 10 years before that.
0: It's an interesting mix. We talked about Schoenfeld a few minutes ago with respect to his vision regarding news. Turner's vision really was more on the cable side. He he understood the power of cable television
1: at that point. Right. He was looking for something to do with this dazzling marriage of cable and satellite, uh, which doesn't sound so dazzling to any of us right now. You know, it's a delivery mechanism. There's nothing dazzling about a utility, but it's just like when the internet started. And I'm sure you have many listeners who somehow were involved with the benefit, benefited from the development of the internet um, as a commercial property and entity. And basically, uh, Ted Turner did. That with cable, he would say later that he he was cable before cable was cool, and he was just basically looking for some way to to take this technology that he had deployed in the service of this little junky left for dead television station that he'd bought in um, the late sixties, early seventies, and ramped up and put on cable. He'd seen that power. He saw the burgeoning power of HBO, which at the time was just basically an experiment, and he He wanted to do something and news just seemed to him like the easiest, easiest uh, play. Um, Of course, there's nothing easy about producing news. And the story really is about this marriage between Ted's vision and Reese's vision and how how they made it happen. Did Turner
0: ever really understand what he wrought, what had really come about in a broad range of areas as a result of CNN and cable news?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He definitely did. And it wasn't just because he got rich. That's the other interesting thing. He was wealthy when he started CNN. I couldn't have done it. You know, it's not like now where we can just go in the basement and start something that becomes successful in a media property. But he, he was wealthy. But as he became really wealthy and as he, you know, ascended to mogul status and as the network started throwing money, throwing offers at him, um, because they they wanted the properties that he had and, and the expertise that he had, he saw it. And he saw too, he had this vision that he didn't have at the very beginning, uh, just a couple of years in when um, Fidel Castro admitted that he was stealing the CNN signal. And Ted initially hadn't seen, this is also hard for us to imagine today, he hadn't seen that CNN had international potential. And when he learned that Fidel Castro was not only stealing the signal, but that he uh, relied on CNN and wanted to meet Ted Turner, that's when Ted really got a sense of the power of news, the power of what he'd created, and the importance of mass communications to do more than unite, to do more than pump out a uh, baseball game. And and re- or wrestling, um, and and at that that's something that I found very moving. Uh, this this transformation of Ted, uh, that I hope I chronicle in this book.
0: Lisa Napoli, the book is Up All Night: Ted Turner, CNN, and the Birth of Twenty Four Hour News. Lisa, I thank you so much for spending
1: time with us. Thank you for your thoughtful questions and your patience with my barking dog. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs>